National Headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, in the greater Nashville area, in the very heart of Tennessee, with Tennessee and the world at heart. This is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. Dear friends, it is Wednesday, it is midweek, and listen, I like to remind you, it's great to be in church on the midweek, and I hope you'll find your way to a good, solid church and enjoy the service there tonight. Now, we're looking this week at the chapter number 15 in the Gospel of Luke that has that amazing story about the prodigal son, and we've looked at that already in some detail, but I'm going to talk to you today about his downward journey. Because if we'll study how he got down and where he went to and how he got there, I think it'll help us to avoid some of the same things. Now, I just want to remind you, this is Wednesday and next Monday, 17th day of July, we're kicking off the National Sword of the Lord Conference in Walkertown, North Carolina. They're in the suburbs of Winston-Salem at the Gospelite Baptist Church. We've been there many, many times over the years, and we're looking forward to a great National Sword of the Lord Conference this year. And listen, there are no registration fees. Everybody is a walk-in. So get the family together, bring folks from your church, and join us next Monday night at Gospelite Baptist Church in Walkertown, North Carolina. We'd love to see you there. Now, let's get right to our study today, and we're building off of the first few verses about the prodigal son. Verse 11, 12, and 13 say this, And he said, that is, Jesus said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he, the father, divided unto them, the two boys, his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. Now, today it's uh, my privilege to be able to walk with you through this passage. Already we've looked at the prodigal's rebellious self. We did that on Monday. And yesterday we took a look at his loving father. Today I want you to think with me about the journey that he took. It is a downward journey, and I want you to see some things about that because this passage, again, is not about an unsaved man. It's about a person who is a Christian. He's backslidden. He's gotten out of the will of God, and he is doing things that really has taken him the wrong direction. Now, any time that a Christian fails, any time a Christian falters or otherwise falls, it is often self-imposed and uh, sometimes aided by others, but always, whether alone or with somebody's help, it is the result of one or more wrong steps. So if you wind up in the far country, you cannot legitimately claim, well, the devil made me do it. No, the devil didn't make you do it at all. He may have helped you. He may have assisted you. He may have pushed you. He may have prompted you, but you cannot blame being in the far country on the devil. Some folks would like to say, well, you know, I'm in the mess that I'm in because my parents were hypocrites. They went to church on Sunday, but they lived like the devil through the week. And so, you know, I didn't see a good example. So I just have no confidence in things. And, and it's just been a mess for me because of that. Listen, every one of us have to be responsible for ourselves, And the fact that somebody else messed up, the fact that somebody else fouled out or did something crazy is no justification for any one of us. 
The fact that your parents did not serve the Lord well does not justify what you do or what I do. The fact is, sometimes people say, well, it's the society we live in. And, you know, it's just so hard living in society, and we just really find it easy to go out and get into the same things they do. And again, there's no justifiable reasoning that puts that in any kind of good view. It just doesn't. Now, what we need to look at here is the prodigal's downward journey and uh, see what we're looking at. Well, first of all, let me point out, it's pretty obvious that he became restless while he was in the father's house. I mean, sometimes you can have it good, and still that point of rebellion begins to build in you. And if you're not careful, if you feed it, or if you just let it go its own way, it'll come to a boil. I mean, it will literally get you in trouble. And this man here, he's in the father's house. He's got everything going for him, and yet he became restless, and ultimately the rebellion just showed up in a strong way. Now, that can happen. You can be going to church every Sunday and become backslidden. You can be going to Sunday school, being involved in all kinds of good things, and still wind up getting out of the will of God if you're not very, very careful. Second thing that I point out here is this man, this prodigal, he pressed for things before they were due. He pressed to get his inheritance long before it should have come to him. He's wanting to have money. He's wanting to have things so that he can strut his stuff so he can be way ahead of the game. And it's just easy to build on what somebody else has already earned, what somebody else, namely his dad, has already uh, put together. And so you just give me, give me, give me. You know, uh, I look at that sometimes and I say, there's a lot of us You know, our middle name must be gimme, 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 because we want to just uh, have people give us this and give us that. And uh, that uh, seems to be the way that some folks think that you make a living is just letting somebody else give you what they've earned. That's not a good way to go. But he pressed for things long before they were due to him. And then let me say also that he let money incentivize his rebellion. Uh, Verse 13, it says, not many days after... I mean, that's just shortly after he got the money in his pocket. The younger son gathered it all together and took his journey into a far country. So he, now that he has money in his pocket, he says, I can do this. He figured out, hey, I got money. I can pay the transportation. I've got money. I can rent a hotel. I've got money. I can uh, you know, go to all the entertainment places. I've got money. I can go and feast. I can go and do everything. I mean, all of the entertainment venues. I mean, he's got this figured out. He can do it now because he has money in his pocket. And so what happens, the money became an incentive to press him forward in his rebellion. And sometimes money is not really all that good for us. If you cannot trust yourself with money, you really need to let somebody else have some control over your money. But uh, this fellow, obviously, when he got the money, man, he was ready to run, and he took off in the wrong direction. Now, we also have to note that what he did when he walked away from the father's house, he walked away from his positive influences and lined up with negative ones. Now, listen, we got to be real careful about that. Because at the father's house, he had support. He had people who loved him. He had people who would think of him and think for him and have his best in mind. But whenever he got off down in the far country, I mean, the crowd that was around him there, 
They were just looking to see what they could get from him. They were looking to just feather their own nest, and as long as he could pay the bill, they were friends. But once the money ran out, the friendship disappeared as well. And so he left all of those positive influences at the father's house and really lined himself up with a bunch of negative influences in the far country. And that, listen, that is a basic, huge mistake. It is absolutely one of those things. I mean, as long as we live, the fact that we have positive influences is not just something for teenagers. It's not just something that young married couples need, but people at every stage in life need positive reinforcements. You need positive influences around you. And when negative influences show up, you need to find a way to disengage from them. You need to find a way to send them packing. You need to find a way to get yourself at a point where that you do not have them pushing you, but instead you're being helped by the positive influences. Now, here's another situation that I want you to look at. When he took off, headed down the road, I'm talking about his downward journey, and wound up down in the far country and ultimately in the pigsty, this young gentleman, I think, had just forgotten who he was, and so he blended in with the culture of the far country. Look at verse 13 again. Not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. He found a culture that was totally different from the father's house, and he blended in. He just decided to line up with them, get in on whatever they were doing. If they were having a party, he was going to the party, and everything was just going great because he had money in his pocket, but I think he forgot his heritage. He forgot the legacy that had been handed to him. He forgot who he was. And when he got off down there, it was like, hey, this is a different culture and I'm just going to go with it. Now, you know, when you go to the culture of the far country, it is increasingly difficult for you to stand up and be counted like you ought to be counted. I mean, Christians can live in a wicked culture. Noah and his family proved that in Genesis chapter 6, 7, and 8. But at the same time, most people, if they get alone in a culture that is bent wrong, that is godless, most people are going to find that that culture has more influence on them than they do on the culture. I've known any number of cases where that uh, young people from America went to a culture that uh, really had no Christian influence and they went as missionaries, and they wound up in trouble because they blended in with the culture, and they did not maintain their Christian credentials and their Christian character like they should, and they wound up losing their ministry because they just let themselves get engaged with the culture. And there's been a lot of folks done that very thing here in America. In fact, there are far, far too many instances where that somebody has gotten in trouble. I'm talking about Christian pastors. I'm talking about evangelists. I'm talking about TV personalities with a Christian testimony. I'm talking about people in all walks of life who profess to be Christians, and yet they have let the drifting culture become a part of who they are, and they have stepped in the pit of despair because they did not keep their Christian convictions like they should. We've got to be careful that we do not forget who we are and whose we are. We are God's children. And whenever we have lined up with the Lord, I mean, we need to say goodbye to the old wicked culture and let it go its way. Now, this young man was very reckless. He was very reckless with both his time and his money. 
Verse 14 tells us that uh, when he had spent it all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. So when the money ran out, and all at once you've got a situation with huge inflation, you've got a situation where the supply line has been broken and where you can't just go buy something that you want. And I mean, it's a great time of trouble. Famine in any country and any age is a major catastrophic event and something that nobody would want to go through. But yet he found himself in the wrong place. And at the time where this catastrophe took place, I mean, he was in trouble and he was in trouble in a hurry because he had spent everything and saved nothing. And you and I need to prepare for the day when there are really shortages. We need to prepare for the day whenever things are not quite as good. Sometimes folks spend everything they've got, then they lose their job and they're unemployed for six months. And what do they do? They find themselves in trouble. And that's why all of us need to prepare for the rainy day. The rainy day will come uh, sometime. You know it's going to come in some shape or form or fashion. And that's why we need to learn from the prodigal that you don't just spend everything and then say, well, what am I to do now? Well, of course, he wound up in the pigsty, which was not the place that he needed to be. So here we've seen a little bit about his downward journey and what that means. Now, tomorrow, we're going to talk about his home away from home. What did he do once all of this developed and the downward journey was complete? His home away from home. We'll look at that tomorrow, and I hope you'll join me then. In the meantime, don't hesitate to write if you have a question, if you have concerns that I can help you with. In fact, I love to hear from you for any reason. So write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. And listen, we'll be right back here again tomorrow. God bless you. Have a great rest of the day and goodbye for now.